Welcome to Movies Charles Hasn't Seen, episode 98. My name is Crossman. I'm Wilson. And I'm Charles. And each week, Wilson and I share a classic movie <clears throat> we have seen with Charles that he has not seen. This week, we watched the 1995 movie, Waterworld. So, Charles, tell us about Waterworld. In the far future, the polar ice caps have melted and flooded have flooded the entire Earth. People are living at sea on boats and in small, like, island cities. Follow the nameless main character uh, as he is like a strong and independent fellow who roams <laughs> across the ocean, um, <laughs> fending for himself. But he ends up with a woman and a child on his boat and discovers that the child's back tattoo might lead them to the rumored dry land, which humans have been clamoring for because you don't want to live at sea all the time. And so at first he doesn't want to have them on his boat and he doesn't believe in this dry land business, but he bonds with them over time. And then he has to save the little <coughs> girl from some pirates. Uh, and after he does, they figure out how to decipher the back tattoos and find the dry land. Uh, and then he, he goes, off, off, into the he goes off into the sunset yeah. because he's too independent and doesn't want to be anchored, <laughs> down, anchored down by the land. Yeah. Uh, this was this was your pick, uh, Crossman. Why, why did why did you watch why Fam- watch the much maligned Waterworld? Famously controversial movie, disastrous. Yes. Uh, L- literally, from, from, they yeah. had multiple hurricanes from front oh, to man. front yeah. to back. Pretty much everything went wrong that could go yeah. wrong in the production of this movie. Um, it was budgeted at like sixty five million. It finished at like one hundred and sixty five million. Yeah, and like it, for a while, it was at like eighty million box office. Like when it was released, it was a hit. Like it, it was number one at the box right. office. But it just like it took like twenty years to recoup its budget. It's yeah. now a profitable yes. movie, but it, it took a very long time <laughs> to they get got to my four dollars. It was on TV yeah. a lot, and I think that helped. Mm-hmm. Our main mm-hmm. actor uh, was going through a divorce at the time. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> it had thirty six writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the set wow. got hit by a hurricane. Where the, where was their set? Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii. Okay. On Hawaii, um, it was famously very dangerous set. Uh, mm. Costner almost died. Um, a few people almost died. The number, yeah, the two women in the film almost <laughs> yeah. died. So pretty much everything went wrong with this. Almost movie. died as in like did they like go over and like almost not get rescued or something? They, they almost yeah, almost drowned. Yeah. 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 And Costner was like went tied to the mast of his boat and like a big gust like took it off and they like couldn't stop the boat because it was a catamaran, <laughs> um, which are famously like hard boats to sail. <laughs> Uh, and it was a real catamaran. I so yeah. So the film's like a, a mess, <laughs> like in its production and on screen at times. There are things that I like about this movie. There's, yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's the the vision for this movie is like they really went for it. Like <laughs> yeah. yes. Like in every aspect. Of, yeah. They of, built of it. multiple giant boats and there's a floating yeah. city in this movie yeah. that they built. Yeah, <laughs> and then it was blown away by a hurricane. Yeah, and then they built it again because yes. they needed to oh like finish filming yeah. on that. There are some like amazing action set pieces in this <clears throat> film. I agree. So I, I think there are things I like about this movie. When it first came out, I saw I saw this in theaters. Um, I liked really? it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, it was. I mean, it was a big movie at the yeah. time. It was number one at the box office. Like everybody was talking about. Like it was. A, it was a blockbuster era too. Right. Because like one movie came out like a month, so you like, <laughs> saw it. Yeah, 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 definitely. I remember really liking it, but I was much younger. Um, on rewatch, it's uh, 
like has a lot of issues that are very apparent. Yes. One of the main issue for me on this rewatch is that Kevin Costner is so unlikable. Oh, he's the worst. He's he's like, <laughs> like the problem with this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And he and I think that's true of the production yes. as well. Um, because famously the director quit. Yep. Because Kevin Costner, because Costner was like essentially directing himself, he called in Joss Whedon apparently to write the film, but it was just Costner telling Joss Whedon what uh. to write. <laughs> uh, he was one of the thirty-six writers, only two, <clears throat> two of which were actually credited. He had the score rewritten last second for yep. no reason. He yeah, no, it's because the studio gave him a note that said the score was too ethnic. Oh, yes, that's true. Yep. Yeah, he locked himself in the edit bay apparently and edited the film himself with like his own editor, and the director quit at that point. Right. <laughs> uh, so Cosmo for sure is the problem with this movie. Um, I think that lays out like a lot of the issues with this film. But I would love to hear like what your reaction is to this film, Charles, and yours. Yeah, also. right. I mean, yeah. please. Yeah. I didn't really like this movie. Uh, <laughs> I can respect its ambition because, yeah. like, it's a wild concept. It's a cool idea, and it's very like complicated and difficult to execute. I can appreciate that. Um, I just didn't find it that compelling overall. The plot of the movie, like everything about this movie, is pretty much just like a typical like sci-fi action-y sort of thing or like an adventure <coughs> film, right? It's but Mad like, Max on it's the water. Mad, it's right, only, I mean, yeah. I was about to comment on it. It's basically exactly Mad Max except on the water. Yes. Right, um, but like everything about it is just done in a very, like nothing's groundbreaking about that, right? And, I'm, and on top of that, I'm not really sold on the theme of the movie and so there's nothing to make me appreciate it beyond just the kind of genericness of it. Whereas something like Mad Max recently, uh, like I appreciate it because I think the theme is really cool, right? They're in this yeah. desert wasteland, they have cars, mm -hmm. and that's super awesome. Fury Road is like for sure a fixed version of yeah. this movie. Yeah, like, although it's <laughs> weird because I did watch the first two Mad Max films, which I think were in the late 70s and early 80s or something like yeah. that, and I didn't like either of those. They suffer from similar problems with this movie. Very similar, right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just not a big fan, but I respect it. Yeah, I... I saw this at some point along the way, and it kind of just washed over me, and I forgot about it. It was hard to avoid, because yeah. it was on TV constantly right. for, like, a decade. Yeah, and I, I really want to like it, because I think the concept is really cool. Like, the idea of it is great. Um, I think that there's a lot of Western tropes in here that I found compelling. Like, this movie is pretty close to just a Western. Um, but, man, none of the characters work. Not a single one. No. Like, they, they don't make any sense. They're either unsympathetic or incoherent. Uh, I mean, Jean Triplehorn does good work, as she normally does, but she has to play off this terrible Costner performance that is a nonsense. Like, it's, it's either cruel or just inert. And, like, that's the core of your movie? Like, that's the guy you're building the story around? He's so yeah. unlikable. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 right. I, and like, you know, Mad Max is unlikable too, but like in a likable way. He's not a villain. A funny way right. like to say this it, one, he, this he feels like a, a, the villain at certain points in this film. He does kind of yeah. monstrous things. He, he throws a child overboard on a whim. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he like sells them both into slavery. And, right. And yeah. only rescues them when he finds out the thing that he bought he didn't actually like. Yeah. Right. Like, 
And and so then the turn, the romance turn halfway through makes no sense. No, it's just no disorienting, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I think what's what's likable about Mad Max and Mad Max Fury Road is that he's so like in the background yes. of the film because it it brings the Furiosa character together as like the character that's interesting and, yeah. and has an arc and has right. something to do and believe in. Yeah. Well, and his willingness to go into the background, right? Like, right. That's what's compelling about him, is that he right. recognizes that this is not his road. And right? that's why Tom Hardy is a great yeah. actor, uh, yes. and why that's a genius movie. Yeah, uh, they, they almost have a Furiosa like equivalent in this movie, but yes. they don't let her. They don't <laughs> let her take over. They totally yep. handcuff her through the whole movie, yeah. and it's it's such an ego project yeah. of Costner. Yeah. And, and it, it shows up on the screen. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's which, right there. Which ruins what, we've all said this, but like, I think the completionist vision of this world is astounding. Yes. <laughs> There's yeah. like multiple thought out societies. Like, and their interaction with one another and like the places they live and like how their economies work and like so many things that yeah. really are great and effective and compelling and yeah yeah and it's like there's so much like ornate detail to this world and how like trashed the world is yeah like the look of it holds up really well like this is a 22 year old movie 23 year old movie at this point and, and it's really because they like yeah. made it right they like they made the that weird floating city yeah which is uh, such a great set and yeah so it's a shame that that this is the story they decided to tell in there. Yeah, we get Kevin Costner in his weird striped pants. <laughs> yeah, and him drinking his own pee in the opening scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally pissing on us, the viewer. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then, like, he does that, and then it pans up to, like, ass shot. It pans and up then, to his butt. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, this is a drink of the fist. And can you imagine him in the edit bay being like... This is, this is what we want. This is where we got it. We're going to linger start. on my ass for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a good taste. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. I mean, I guess what he's trying to communicate, if it's not him pissing on us, <laughs> is... Is that like the value of water? That's clean, is, yeah, well, clean yeah. water. Of clean water, yeah, right? The, the irony of an ocean world. Right, exactly. right. Yeah, is the desert at, in the ocean, right? Yeah. Still. Which is like Still. a more compelling through line than like anything that happens in the movie. Because there right. is no through line in this movie, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's because it, it, this is such a great example of the character being king, right? Like you can put together. Like the action sequences all work really well. Like as action sequences, they're ba basically astounding. All great. They're astounding. Sets yeah. are wonderful. Yeah. Right. The concept of the world is fantastic, but you can have the, all that. Stuff. All the small side characters yeah. that are like fascinating and weird and gross. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but if you can't build your story, it, you you can't build your characters and service of your, that story, then. Like what? It doesn't work. No matter how good the other shit is, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It really makes you wonder if there's like a version of this movie that like could could come together. That's like on the edit floor. Oh, probably. Right. They shot so much. Like, there's got to be. There's got to be so much stuff that was like left out of this movie. Because when when this movie's great, and <clears throat> what you're speaking to yeah. is is the action set pieces, right? And again, this speaks to why like. Fury Road is such a good movie is because it like it does away with the unnecessary the character that we don't care about the uninteresting yeah. one we don't need to build that character nope at all and this movie I guess is trying to show him have an arc 
right? Because he, he like at first he like hates that the two women are on their boat, and he tries to kill and then them. Then he doesn't. And then he does it, and then he like starts to feel bad. Right, but there's no explanation for his turn besides just yep. time it's, passing. It's very sudden too. Because yeah. like he goes from like selling them into slavery to the next scene, he's like on their side, and they're like a family unit. Right, and he's like making out with her. On the burned out boat, yeah. Yeah. And, right, because it, it, this character has no qualities other than cruelty. Like, y yeah, anything he does doesn't make sense. Well, the quality of the character is that he is Kevin Costner. Yes. Right? <laughs> and that's the, like, driving through line of this movie is that <clears throat> this is a Kevin Costner film. Right. In a very Which I guess is what we're supposed to say. In every sense to. of the word. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Kevin Costner film. I, I think part of the problem with him again here is that he isn't menacing right like if you're gonna have this anti-hero story like you you need to cast someone that has some sort of edge to them and kevin costner is your dad right like he just <laughs> well, is he some has, schmo he is like a inexplicable like midwestern accent because it's just kevin costner it's just kevin costner yeah. yeah like not being a character right mm -hmm. and so he was even if they keep the character how it is He's still miscast. Right? Yeah. Like somebody else should be playing this guy, and nonetheless, right. I mean, that's another difference from the original Mad Max films, where I think Max is still like the main character, right? But he's yeah. that kind of character that's like very gruff and unlikable and independent and all that. Right. right? And he's lo like he's he's lost it. Right. He's mad. He's mad. He's, uh, yes. His, like he, his connection to a moral world has been lost, mm -hmm. and you know he you know. The movie, those movies attempt to like find his humanity. They have their own problems because of, of the time period that they come from. But here, it's like I, I think the film is trying to say that like, oh, we need to like rebuild the family unit, and that unit is like what keeps society together, which yeah. is like a very conservative message. <laughs> yes, it is. Because that's his like redemption point, right? Because you have the child and the the two parents, and that yeah. like that brings like the world together, and and together as a unit they. They With a find, grandfather, find salvation. Find salvation. They, they learn to read Chinese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something. They learn to flip the map the other way. Like, oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering about that. Like, I totally missed the like Eureka moment when they learn how to read the map. I literally think that was it. They, they is that just, just fucking it? They just like turn it the other way and they're like, oh yeah. Well, they don't set up the mystery <laughs> at all. Right. Period. Because they show like they show like little shots where you see like yeah. the girl's tattoo, but it's like. We don't get into like why it's the key or how it could like turn or what they are having trouble with interpreting or yeah versus last week we watched Contact which was very good at communicating its mystery yeah right, right. So, where it's like here's this little piece of evidence that we have and then how we, how do we like build yeah. on that to like mm -hmm. find so something much more interesting here's and more it's transparently like, just the MacGuffin and it's layered yeah. to like the contact mystery is like very layered and here mm -hmm. it's just like oh we got the girl we got the map we just like movie's over yeah <laughs> what it's like we're at like 2.15 now okay let's it's wrap it up it's almost like yeah. that didn't yeah. matter yeah yeah. or yeah. like how did she get a tattoo with a map to dry land on like what yeah who knows what's the deal with that yeah, I don't, I don't Does know. Does she have some sort of important well, it's lineage? Well, it's implied at the end that she's from the dry land. Because okay. okay. they're going, they're going, so it's very brief. So sure. okay. <laughs> they're going through the, like, there's like a cabin where they find like two skeletons. Yeah. And like on the, some of the props in that set, you see a similar graphic yeah. repeated oh, as to sure. her thing. Okay. But if you didn't pick up on that, like how would you ever know that like yeah. 
she's from there, right? Yeah. Or that's what the movie's like trying to tell yeah. us. I just noted that or, apparently they found China because there was Chinese written on the, the piece of paper there. They found Mount Everest. So yeah, it's implied that it's okay. Nepal. Yeah, well, it, or, it makes sense. Or like Indochina. Yeah. Someone actually did punch in the coordinates that they mentioned, and it's oh. the it's the top of Everest. Okay. Yeah. That, that of that all sense. things to yes. like do correctly, <laughs> right? That, that's <laughs> the thing. But yeah. again, it speaks to like the bizarre ornateness to the film. Yeah. Where also, it's like, it looks like Hawaii because it is Hawaii. It is Hawaii. It is Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of funny. Anyway, and the whole movie shot off Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. It, what it looked like was lost. I'm pretty sure like, that might have actually been where they shot. It is. Yeah. Many scenes in Lost. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what I was reminded of. It's like, also, don't, don't go to that island. It's also <laughs> the valley where like the helicopter flies into in Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park sure. Um Same place. Lots of problems on this island. Then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's full of smoke monsters and dinosaurs. <laughs> One thing I'm wondering is if if it's this like tall ass mountain, how someone hasn't like sailed into it at some point in the last hundreds and hundreds of years. I mean, like you think about like how people ended up in the Polynesian Islands or Hawaii, right? Hawaii's right. in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And people yeah. found and it. And people ended up on there. Yeah. yeah. Just and, on their own volition. Yeah. yeah. Like. And stuck around. And they had like canoes back then. Like you imagine yeah. someone riding a like canoe style vehicle that deep into the ocean and finding these tiny little islands. Like it's <laughs> incredible. Right, right. And you'd think they would find Mount Everest <laughs> just like sailing around. Versus uh, even King Kong from the 30s like bothers to explain that by saying it's like an island like shrouded in mist and like right. has all the coral reefs around it. Right. right? They don't even right. like of all of the things they don't even bother to like do that in this film. They just kinda sail up to the beach and it's like there. Right. Yeah. It's also unclear to me like how the recovered technology works in this movie. Right? Because it, it it appears to be several hundred years after yes. Yes. conventional society has collapsed. So how did all this stuff stick around? Like, how do they still have ammunition for all these guns? Like, how are they producing anything that's made out of anything? Right? That, that I kind of like about the film. Though. No, that it just, like, lets that Because it, it's just, like, a trash world that they live in. And right. that, like, all the trash that's, like, floating around is, like, what people have left. Sure. And like, it would even make sense with, like, is just still floating. the bullets, right? Like, you probably come across, like, tons of Navy ships with, like, weapons <clears> on guess, them and stuff either. like that. Yeah, because the implication is that the... Dennis Hopper villain character mm -hmm. is on the Exxon Valdez. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just wild. <laughs> um, so it's not implied. You see it on the back yeah, of the you're, ship you're right. it's sinking. It, it, implied is the wrong word. Yeah. Right. It is stated. And, and the actual captain of the Exxon Valdez is the guy in the, <laughs> on the portrait. Painting. That cracked me up because I saw yeah. the painting in that scene and I was like, that's that guy very, looks weirdly modern. Very famously, that's the actual captain Did of the Exxon Valdez. First? I bet they did not. I googled it. There was like a little article about it. They asked him, and he thought it would have been. Um, <laughs> he was okay with a joke, but he didn't think it would be that like negative of a joke. Right. Because like they, I think Shit. they advertised it as they revered him in the movie, um, but they didn't tell him that it was like sarcastically right. doing it that way. But anyway, I looked up like who it was, and it all clicked, and it was hilarious to me. That's what a weird choice. Yeah, <laughs> that's so strange. Dennis Hopper is. Acting in a very clearly different movie yes. that Costner's in, because <laughs> because Hopper's like going for it. He's yeah. like, I'm gonna be weird sure. and I'm gonna be Dennis it's, Hopper. This is Blue Velvet Dennis Hopper. It, it <laughs> totally is. Yeah, it totally is. And I've he's so much more compelling than Costner because he's doing things like yeah. Costner doesn't fucking do anything. And he's yeah. he's a jerk, but he's like. Like a likable jerk, because right. he's like 
outwardly mean to people in a way that's like funny and ridiculous and like a critique of like a he's because he's running this like feudal society yeah the, the smokers which i love that name <clears throat> yes right and that they're all addicted to cigarettes, cigarettes and he yeah. like uh you know, like a banana republic dictator right, is yeah. like throwing them all cigarettes. Or like a Moton Joe in Fury Road again with the walker, yeah. right? Well, he was like, throwing them spam, which I thought was kind of funny. No, he was throwing them smeat. Smeat, yeah, but you know, <laughs> you know what it is. Which yeah. is a funnier word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the off-brand spam. Yeah, it's but I, I, I do like that they call them the smokers. It's a very yeah. Mad Max thing to do. He, right. Well, I think what's... And they shoot out his eye and it's like all okay. like... It's like this goofy gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, but it's great. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah. Well, you understand why people would follow him, right? Like, you understand why he's at the position that he is. Like yeah. He's, he's got, got the his, fanciest jacket. He's because he's... And the hat. Yeah. Yeah, with this fucking Napoleon. And he, like, he does do, like, a good, you know, <clears throat> Banana Republic dictator speech, like, to yeah. the crowd. Yeah, like, it, it, it convinces them. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Um, so yeah, it, he's much better than Costner here, and that's not easy, or that's not hard to do, but... Yeah. The, yeah. Apparently a lot of people turned down that role. Like, Dennis Hopper was not their first choice. Like, that's oh. wild, because he's like the best part of the movie. Yeah, they pitched it to like, Nicholson didn't want it. Um, he would have been good. Yeah. 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 There, was, there was a list, and it was like three or four people that were like, I don't want anything. They had the this. right people in mind, though, because you want this like over-the-top yeah. role. The problem is it like overshadows Costner so, so much. miscast. Yeah. He should not be in this movie. In the same way that Nicholson, as a Joker, overshadowed Batman yeah. in, the, in the first Batman Yeah, I, I watched that movie like a year ago, again, yeah. for the first time in a while, and like, Michael Keaton doesn't really do that much. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. for, like he's normally this really magnetic actor, and like he's kind of just feels like he's sleepwalking through that movie. Yeah, and collecting his paycheck. Yeah, that's that's the sense you get. Yeah. Well, and here the sense you get is Costner's like trying so hard. Yeah, he's trying so yeah. hard. He's yeah. trying to shake his dad uh, feel. Like, like <laughs> he's he's wearing tights. He learned how to sail for this movie. Oh man, he, uh, he, there was a bit where he would his character would always have to appear wet, and so like between <laughs> takes. <laughs> I read this. I read this. Between it's takes, so funny, they had crew, crew people with buckets that they would just douse Costner between oh every God. shot. And, and fucking everybody hated him. So yeah. it was like hilarious because they're just like throwing <laughs> water at <laughs> Like so cold water. Yeah. Like, Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> and oh like God. the film called for this and he ended up complaining about it on Letterman or something. <laughs> and How wrinkly would, was he at the end of every day? That's Man. a good question. That sounds awful. Yeah, because you're, you're, like, you're not supposed to spend a lot of time in the water. Like it's not good for you. No. To do that, and, <laughs> yeah, like, I can't imagine that. He yeah, felt but he's right. got gills, so it's okay. So it's okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, the thing that struck me about this movie, outside the obvious like, Mad Max parallels, it, 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 this really is plays out like a western, a lot, mm -hmm. right? Like you have the lone this cowboy rides into town, <coughs> right? Cowboy yeah. rides into town, like, like this lone figure rides into town. It's very concerned with man versus nature. It's very concerned with like codes of ethics that are constructed out of whatever your material conditions are. It's, it, it, it's also worries about like how those codes collide with like a sense of honor and things like that. Like there's this honor code for these drifters that they're supposed to follow. And like you're still building the society out of the wreckage of something or the wilderness of something in the case of a Western. And like even the specific action sequences where you have the smokers raiding the atoll like, that looks a lot like something out of Wild Bunch or whatever. Yeah, and he's, like, a very effective, like, fighter yeah. and pilot. <clears throat> right, right. Yeah. Like, he's a hero, right? Like, mm -hmm. he's capable. 
yeah. like like mm -hmm. a cowboy would be. Like there was a lot of like if these guys weren't sitting down and watching things like Searchers and Wild Bunch and Sage Coach, right before making this movie, I'd be pretty surprised because there's a lot. Yeah, Shane. There's a lot of Shane in this movie. Yeah, it would be great to have like a you know Sergio <clears throat> Leone soundtrack here. Yeah, well, yeah. Versus the like very symphonic, just like bland soundtrack that they like ended up. <laughs> yeah, adding yeah. I was thinking about after, that when you mentioned earlier yeah. that they like cut out the original soundtrack for being too ethnic sounding, Whatever right? that means. But here, like... <laughs> well, I think we know what it means. See, like, <laughs> it was funny the dissonance between the music and the movie because the movie is such a unique environment. Yeah. And the music just felt so boilerplate, like, 90s soundtrack that it was clashing with the uniqueness of the movie. It was, it was like they took just another movie soundtrack and just, like, laid it on this film. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's a shame yeah. because the opening song, I think, actually does have a little bit of texture to it. Like, you, mm -hmm. there's, they have some of these flutes, and they're, like, drying on. It, it feels like... Yeah, there's a bit of flute in there. Native American themes or you something some like of that. that. Which is appropriate, but, like, at least it's not just, here's another symphonic score. And they just abandoned that. Like they just yeah. go in this other direction, probably because they had to write the score in you know a pretty short period of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the the where this movie's best though is the action sequences. Um, that first attack is wild. Like when they're in the the whole floating town yes. and like they have the like anti-air gun that they're like shooting at it. There's like so many things happening and it actually like tracks really well. Yeah. Like it's very well shot. <laughs> yeah, it, it, um, it's masterfully done really. Yeah, and, and there's so many actions that are like happening in that scene and it's it has like, like real a, stunts too. Yeah, has a really good through line through all of them. So you have like the smokers, um, the two women that are like trying to escape their bondage in this society. Right. Um, there's the the people that live in the city that are trying to defend it, and then there's Cosner who's sinking into this like cage thing. sludge. Yeah, yeah, the and, recycling slime. Yeah, right. and it all works <laughs> great. Yeah, it keeps a, a strong sense of cause and effect. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Like you you see the action and you see the impact that it has. And because Boom, over it, and over and over because it's yeah. all they just did all these things. Right. Everything has like a weight to it. Yeah. Like yeah. it like when things like crash into each other it's like, "Oh yeah, they just like took a ski doo and like threw it against the wall." Yes. <laughs> so many ski doos. Yeah. <laughs> I did find it very <clears throat> cheesy that they had uh, water skiers jumping over a it's ramp. It's so dopey. Yes. But yeah. it's great, right? Yeah. Like like, like it, it's yeah. supposed to be silly. Like Mad Max is silly too, right? Like they have yeah. the, a guy with a flaming guitar, right? Like it's okay to do that stuff um, when you do it with some sense of control and awareness, um, which I think they had here. I, I, I love that air gun sequence yeah. too, or the anti-aircraft -air gun where they're like pulling the bow and it like shoots the other bow. It's, like it's such too a loud great. for him to realize that he's right. shooting. Right, it, it's yeah. such a, it, and the geography of that sequence is so well done, right? It's so important to know where everybody is situated while that is going on, mm -hmm. and you always know exactly where everybody is. And it's conducted literally like a uh, uh, medieval battle, too, where sure. they have like flag guys yes. that are like directing yeah. all the action, and yeah. it does such a good job of like, it points your attention to like where you're supposed to like look at things. And, like, right, right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's and it when like where the camera is moving to, right? So the guys point to the right, and even if it's just a cut, you know that they're cutting in that direction because mm -hmm. that's where the guys are pointing. And they got a yeah. few like zoomed out shots where you can see everything. Yes. That's important to do. Yes, which yeah, and they give you time before that to just like wander around this town, so you get like yeah. some sense of like what this town is laid out like mm -hmm. and like how that looks, so that when it becomes this high octane, you know 
high action moment, like you have this prior knowledge, right? Like they've taught you what this looks like already. Yeah, it starts and it starts all like slow, or he like yeah. comes into town and he's walking around and you know, like, right. like weird stuff like happens in the town. And, <clears throat> right. The the, the doors swing on the saloon. Right. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. what it feels like. And the, and the like the castle gates of the yeah. of the place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like that. That kind of stuff is is phenomenal. So Cosner again, this is like Cosner's fault. He, <laughs> says uh, <laughs> that if they let the original director shoot the film, it would just be all action, and there'd be like no break in that action. Right. That's Great. Like, the, the best part of the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I just want to see that movie. Yeah, what, he, what I think what Shatner, Shatner, what Costner means there is that there will be less of him in the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what he's really And he's about. like capital A acting. Yeah. That's what he wants. Yeah. Because yeah, it, uh, it, this is him trying to you know make it big, right? Like prove that he can do it all, and he can't. He just he he, he did not stick it. Um, it turns out that the the director uh, Kevin Reynolds, I think is his name. Yeah. Um, ended up working with Costner again, like some fifteen years later. Yeah, on some like history miniseries. Right? Yes. So I yeah. guess they must have. All right. The Hatfields and McCoys. Yeah, they must have made amends. At, at yeah, and they had point. worked previously on Last of the Mohicans, or no, it was Robin Hood, uh, not Robin Hood, Manatites. Uh, <laughs> King of Thieves. King of Thieves. <laughs> <laughs> Although Manatites is a better movie. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you seen Robin Hood, Manatites? No. Or King King of Thieves. No. Nope. They're making another one with the kid from. Taron uh, Edgerton. Yeah, from Kings. From Kingsman. Kingsman. That's not gonna go well. No, it doesn't look Cause, good. Because um, no. I remember seeing the trailer like six months ago and it hasn't come out yet. So that's like a bad sign for yeah. any movie. Yeah. It's gonna be like yeah. the King Arthur movie. It's like, why do they keep making movies about this sort of style? Who Nobody knows? wants to see them. Who yeah. knows? Well, people don't want to see bad movies, right? I think that that's really what it is. Okay, right? yeah, that, that's true. The, movie, the movie's fair. just not very good. <laughs> and that, like, you, you, if you can build a lot of trends on just solid fundamental filmmaking and storytelling. Well, you know that there's like some like 70-year-old producer who was like, well, it's been like 10 years since we did a Robin Hood movie. So Run it back. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it worked in the 80s, and I remember that because I'm still in Hollywood even though I've like failed upwards. Right. <laughs> like, Although, speaking of King of Thieves, like it's been a little while since I've seen that movie, but Cutter was pretty good in it. Like he... Basically, did a, a totally fine job. Well, he's not always a bad actor, right? In fact, he's I can't a think fine of, job. I can't think of other instances when he is. I haven't yeah. seen a lot of his films, but I've seen the big ones. Yeah, and he's usually good. Yeah, so it's it's really strange that like, he was so bad in this movie that he's so invested in. Maybe he needs someone directing him. I think that is exactly what. We're Worse, he like did another round on the apocalyptic. Movie. He did The Postman. Like a couple years later. Yeah, that was his next movie. Yeah. After this one. That's I, I haven't seen it. Apocalyptic? Okay. Yeah. yeah um, I've read that book. I don't know if I've seen the movie. But even the book <clears throat> is like kind of corny. So I, <laughs> I can't imagine that the film is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do we think about. Well, because like watching this movie, you know, now in 2018. Like the misogyny seems really obvious. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I don't think that that was at all on anybody's radar when this movie was being made. I, I read an article that was like the top ten problems with Waterworld, and they don't mention that at all. 
Really? And it was, of course. It's not like a 2018 article, but right. it was it was like maybe 10 years old, I think. Okay. And I was like, really? Like you didn't notice that at all? Like at all? Like, yeah, because it's very central. Yeah. Right. Like that's basically all the the gene triple hunt character has to do, is just like be subject to the cruelty of various men throughout the film and. Mm -hmm. The one of them she ends up making out with. Or the girl who's <laughs> just like a little pawn in right. all these like games of these men. Right. And she ends up like giving this speech praising the Costner character over him like invading and single handedly taking down the XM Valdez. Like yeah. that's that's how does that character end up there? Like this is the same kid kid that was tossed into the water and like almost sold into sex slavery and like ridiculed over trivial things for you know, the, most of the runtime. You just got to spend a lot of time together. That's I how guess it works, that's right? the whole thing. Yep. You're stuck yeah. at sea. Yeah. So it, it, it just oh, made man. no sense. And it felt so much like Costner saying, like, I want someone to say these things about me. Yeah. <laughs> so here you go, kids. Well, again, so good. there's like a missing redemptive arc to the character. Yes. Right? Like, it seems like, where, where did that happen? Right. Like, it, it, it right. feels yeah. like the, the only turn for him is he becomes less aggressively overtly cruel and becomes just kind of passive and immovable. Well, he does actively admit that he likes the, the right, little which girl. Also feels like nonsense. Like when did this happen? Why? Right. Like how why did he change his mind to like right. hating everybody? Right. So, yeah, he says it, but it's not in the movie. It's yeah. not on the screen. I was also yeah. super disturbed by the scene where he finally like has sex with the woman. Yeah. Because she's like, oh, why did you resist my advances earlier? And he's like, oh, you know, you know I, I could tell that you didn't want it or something. Yeah, right? And right. he delivers that line. First of all, it's so poorly written. And second of all, it's so poorly delivered that it feels like like an internet virgin right. like writing a story and acting it out. Right. Well, And, and it's clearly bullshit because he was ready to sell her into sex slavery yeah. you know, two days ago. So it's like, really? Like the, yeah. this, this character is nonsense. It's, it's incoherent writing. Uh, so, right, and, and that incoherence manifests in misogyny. Like that's, How that's could it is. ever be coherent, though, with 36 writers and right, exactly. two, two editors and yeah. two directors? Like, it could not be. Yeah, yeah. Like what we see on screen is the result of like just this mess of production. Yeah, because yeah. this movie has, it, it has nothing to say, right? Like it, has some, like it accidentally gets at that family unit thing, I guess. I, I guess it's a not environmental movie too. Like, like very loosely. Right. It, yeah. But almost yeah, like the bad guys are like using the oil still. Right. And I all guess. That. But like it almost accidentally. Like it yeah. feels like that's just a necessary byproduct of the conceit. Right. Like it, it, they don't have a perspective on that other than like broadly it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not good. Yeah. Don't let this happen. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. And like that's not anything, right? Like that's not a, a vision. When the world opens up, it's like fascinating too. Like, w like when they go below the water, that was like a cool sequence. That, yes. I, was, I was about to say that might be my favorite part of the whole movie is when you explore like the remnants of human society and, the, and all yeah. that. And there's like uh, there's like the wreck city, but there's the, like the sub submarines the parked there. Yeah. So, so cool. cool. And they have the like weird like bubble uh, sub submersible yeah. that he like takes yeah. down in. It's like, like a diving bell basically. Right. right. Yeah. But, so it has like this 18th century flavor to it all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. 
Yeah. Yeah, and like that's something I'd like to see more of. I mean, that's not the point of the movie, but that's what I found coolest. Right, but yeah, it could have totally. been instead of being about nothing. Yeah. It could have been about that. Lessons Why not? from the past. Right. Any number. Yeah, of it doesn't records. engage with like no. mistakes or you know trying to make the current society better because of like the what old, they've learned. The mistakes of the old one. Yeah. Yeah. No. Right. Um, the brief like fish monster. Too. Yeah, like, what was that out of nowhere? I was like, what the hell is this? Apparently there's giant monsters. Uh, yeah. And that's like, what, wait, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, there's so much that could be engaged with. The monsters, like, never show up ever again, even when they're, like, swimming down deep in the ocean. Right. And that, like, this never... Is where they would be. They, they, well, they throw, they have, like, a throwaway line that, like, the monsters only, are like, nocturnal. Yeah, uh, So he, sure. like, feels safe to, like, go down or whatever. But he's also, like, clearly very, like, very capable of, like, killing giant monsters. Apparently. Okay. Yeah, and it's not, like, crystal clear how that worked. Yeah, I was pretty sure that the time that he was hunting the fish was the same as the time that he said that they were asleep, because they were both, like, during the day. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, like, so whatever. I was so surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, it, it just comes out of nowhere <laughs> and you're like wait what like <laughs> right there's like a whole turn to this that's like really cool and then they just like don't engage with that ever again because there's like when they're you know drifting or whatever there's never any sense of environmental hazard right like they need to find food besides that you can't fall over the side and drown right but the, the, even that's not like a part of the movie right like, that's no. not traumatized like the, the threat comes from the other people not the environment but then all of sure. a sudden monster right like yeah it's it, it, it's peculiar um yeah and that that's like frustrating because it's like it adds like a cool texture <clears throat> like this movie is so much like introducing like a cool thing and then like not pursuing it well. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's like, just pick one of them yeah right any any of them at all yeah yeah like there's sea monsters cool like right awesome like but yeah, I mean, it's fine that we don't have, like, a whole movie about sea monsters, but it's, like, cool that that's, like, a texture in this world. Yeah. And that makes the world, like, even more and compelling. And they explain it away, and there's no tension to it. Right. Right. Yeah, and they crazy. kill it, they, like, instantly, so it's, like, not even a thing right. that we should care yeah. about or engage with. This feels yeah. like a movie that should get the Westworld treatment, right? Because you, you look at yes. the Westworld, mm -hmm. the name is a coincidence, that's not why I'm making this point. Um, you look at the, the Westworld movie, and it was goofy and broad and not really even that popular. And then you look at them taking that idea and bringing it into this new environment and new texture and new treatment. And taking it more seriously. Expanding on all the small right, details. Right, and like, what are the implications of what's actually going on yeah. here? And it becomes this compelling text. And doing a good job of like revealing, like, oh, and behind the scenes, there's like Here's, this whole like corporate structure mm -hmm. that's like interesting and right. compelling. And there are legitimate critiques of Westworld. Sure, for but sure. But it's still at least something compelling and coherent going on there. Give and take. Then it feels like this movie, you could do something similar, right? Because the fundamental ideas here are so sound and and you know riveting in a lot of ways. Yeah. That uh, I w I would want to see someone just like, what if this did get treated with a, a modern budget, modern technology, and like you know two writers yeah. <laughs> instead of thirty whatever. Or go the Fury Road angle, right? Right. And just like. You know, have the through line of like the, the <clears throat> sheer focus on the story being executed by the action. Right. Yeah. Right. It, it, something like that. But it there's so much, you know, good stuff here. There's yeah. Like so much worthwhile here that it, it's a shame 
it, it feels like a shame to just waste it on this stupid script. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys uh, catch Jack Black? Yes. I didn't realize it was him yeah. until I checked the credits. He, <laughs> yeah. He's the pilot. This is one of He's his first pilot. appearances on film. It must be, yeah. I didn't yeah. look at it that much detail, but I saw it. Because I rented it on Amazon, and when you pause, it'll have a little thing at the bottom. Yeah. So it says Jack Black. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and there, there he is. Um, so yes, I did catch Jack Black. It was fun. It was pretty Another cool. great action set piece. So yeah. The tension of that plane like yeah. circling, and then they're like in danger of like hurting each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and again, you communicate it so well, right? Like it's it's framed so clearly, and like there's so many literally moving parts and, and resolved yeah. so senselessly. <laughs> yes. But, <laughs> like oh, Kevin Costner just fixes it, and then he's mad at the the women. Right. Of course yeah. he is. Yeah. Of course he is. And he hurts her, right? Doesn't he like? He, he cuts their hair. Right. He oh, like, that's what it is. Right. Yeah. So it's just this violent threat. Basically. Well, and earlier he hits her with like an, an oar. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hard. Yeah. Like, he, like you, you can kill someone doing that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like that's a heavy object. It, it's I, is that was that meant to be comical? I don't. I don't. The, the same movie doesn't that. know what it's doing. <laughs> no, I yeah. think it is though meant to be comical. And when he cuts their hair, which that's is like very traumatizing. Yeah. Then you they they don't show it, but they like. Edit it so then the girl's hair is cut because she like spoke yeah, out and, and it's it, like you can tell they're trying to go for comedic timing there. Yeah, totally. like, uh, it's oh like lol, a, they they look so funny with their haircut. Yeah, badly. it's cut like a joke. Yeah, where it's like like monstrous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's one a very bad choice in a movie with many bad choices. Yeah, yeah. So I also I was not really sold aesthetically on this movie. I know you guys really? praised the aesthetic earlier, but oh, I, it just yeah. felt very brown. Everything was so brown, and I didn't like that about th the look. I think the water offsets it, right? Because they, they, I feel like feels like they're making a point to have this very blue water, and mm -hmm. I feel like that that offsets the. Ironically, the yeah. water didn't feel blue enough to me. Really, it, it was like it very. It looked very gray to me. Okay. Right, and that made everything very drab. So it's like when you compare that to something like Mad Max, where they're on the ground. Sure. Yeah, but they're using have, like tons of color filters. Yeah. In Mad Max, to, like achieve those effects, which yeah, they could. But like, if, you can make the water bluer here. But another problem yeah. is that when you're on the ground, you have things like interesting geographical features. Uh, yeah. To kind of offset just the entire like oceans, just a flat nothingness <laughs> out into the horizon, yeah. right? And so there's nothing interesting uh, in the visuals just for the entire distance of the land, or the, not the land, but like the right. the terrain, I guess you could call it. Right? I, yeah, it, it feels like they're leaning on the um, like the detail in his ship. Yeah, right. There's all sorts of knickknacks and stuff that he has floating around all over the place, and I think right. That that's but then it's all just this like shade of brown. You can easily introduce <clears throat> more color or like mm -hmm. visual excitement to it than just be a rusty brown. Yeah, and I hear that. I, I kind of like that it's like a trashy world and that everything is like rotten essentially. Yeah. like even all like all the metal structures are, you know, rusting out and yeah. Crappy. I get what they're going for. I just find it like. Personally, I just find it like unappealing to look oh, at. That, that is fair. Yeah. Something that can fix in the in the remake. Yeah, this <laughs> will yeah. never fucking happen. I don't. Won't it? Like, I don't know. Yeah, that who doesn't knows? feel totally who knows? Who knows at this point? Who knows? Right. Like if you, you tell someone five years ago there's going to be a Westworld TV show, that's a huge hit. That's like, true. What's that? Like, yeah, really exactly. If they know what it is, it'll sound like nonsense. But more than likely, they won't know what it is. <laughs> right. And and here we are. Yeah, that's fair. Right, and it, you see like people trying to revive this movie all the time, not like in a remake sense, but in terms of like rehabilitate it. Yes, like, there are people that think it's actually good, 
right? And I think they're wrong, but and it's like an overcorrection of really unfair critiques. Yeah, of, yeah. I think they're like their hearts in the right place, but they're not yes. like paying attention to like the true content of the film, right. which is Kevin Costner is an asshole. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like to call this one of the worst movies ever is unfair, right? Like it's not. It's, it's not. It's a mediocre action movie with some cool ideas. Yeah. Right. Yep. And like that is fine, mm -hmm. and it is fine for that to exist. Um, so I, I understand the instinct to like want to salvage it from that. I think people were also like, when it came out, there was like a sort of like joy in trashing the film because yes. it was like so over budget. <clears throat> Cosner's career was like over. could not be going better. Yeah. Um, the all these stories are leaking out from but this, what a dick this, he is. This set. Yeah. He's going through a divorce, so it's like you know really throw him to the wolves at this point. Right, the perfect storm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so I think people just like shit on the film for all those reasons. I agree, yeah, um, likely. But yeah, so it doesn't. It didn't deserve that, but it, it doesn't deserve like a full rehabilitation. No, it doesn't deserve to be called good even. Yeah, that far. Like or maybe there's like a cool director's cut that comes out where like Kevin Reynolds is like given the <laughs> footage yeah. to like read, cut it into yeah, like the. Th that would have to exist already because I imagine you approach him now and say, "Hey, want to work on wa Waterworld some more?" <laughs> I can slam the door in your face. Yeah. Well, they did it with um, the robot movie, right? And that doesn't narrow it down. Uh, Android film. Um, the Android film. AI. There's a lot of those. Uh, Blade Runner? <laughs> Blade Runner. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Where, like, so many people recut that film into, like, a different <laughs> yeah, thing. To like the point where the original film doesn't even exist. Yeah, there's, like, seven different versions of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's possible, clearly, that... I guess you give him enough money, you can probably talk him into a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, any, uh, any closing thoughts um, on Waterworld? Uh, I'd say it's not really worth your time. Yeah, I, it, it, it's... As a historical artifact, or if you're really into action sequences, like, well done, action sequences, check it out. But that shit you can just find on YouTube. You know, I mean, you can fast it. forward. If it's not an action sequence, Skip it. there's no reason to watch it. You can just fast forward. Right, and in that sense, yeah. you, you probably can just go on YouTube and find the whole. Yeah. For sure. The good ones. Yeah, because it's, it's like a slog. It's two and a half. It's like it's 2.15, but yeah. it feels longer. Yeah. Oh, that's true. It's also way longer than it needs to be. Yeah. forgot to mention that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, by, um, by a good chunk. Anything with Dennis Hopper, too, worth watching. That's true. Yes. Yeah. He's great. He is great, in general, and here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that I, I'm basically with you on that one. Like it, it, It's an interesting piece of study, I think, and both in terms of like why it doesn't work and like in its production history. But like if you just want a good time with the movies, move along. This is, <laughs> this is not the one. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I, yeah, I would say watch the action sequences and sure. fast, fast forward through the rest. I think yeah. there's good stuff there that's worth watching. It's like very compelling, actually. Right. Yeah. Like better than a lot of action films. Also, the universal logo transition was pretty cool. That was. Cool. I like that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> that, that, that was cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice of them to let them get away with that. <laughs> yeah. Although they do do logos that fit with their movies pretty often. Universal does. Yeah. Okay. I guess I hadn't noted that, but I believe you. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, in any case, we'll be back in a moment with, uh, with Things We've Seen. And we're back with Things We've Seen. This is a segment where we talk about other movies that we've seen recently that uh, we didn't pick for the podcast. So, Crossman, what did you see lately? Uh, I went and saw Venom. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Um, <coughs> Stan Lee's last movie. It is Stan Lee's last movie. Unless yeah. he's like shot anything for Avengers. I or... hear he has. Oh, has he? Okay, good. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't, I, I'm go, I didn't No, 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 it's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're recording this on the day that he's died. Yes. Uh, so, RIP. RIP to a real one. Yes, seriously. <laughs> um, Venom. So, a, another much maligned film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I gotta say, like, I liked certain elements of this film. I think Tom Hardy is, like, pretty good in this film. He's but Tom he's, like, Hardy. a good yeah. actor. He's very reliable, yes. And it's dumb, but it's also, like, not trying to engage with the larger universe because it's a Fox property, right? So it's not trying to engage with right. like the Avengers and Galaxy. No Tom Holland. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, doesn't it take place in like an alternate Marvel universe where Spider-Man doesn't exist? Like, isn't that the lore? There's no mention of Spider-Man in right. the film and spoilers okay. if you haven't seen it, <laughs> the like after credit sequence does not reference Spider-Man. Yeah, it's Carnage. Right? Yeah, they reference Carnage, who is another Spider-Man character. Yes. But I think we're yeah. like just in the Venom-verse. Venom Which is yeah. like, I'm not sure a large enough <clears throat> world for that. No. Venom, Venom is not a compelling enough character for that. No. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, but there are like good things uh, about this film. I think Tom Hardy's great, as I said earlier. Um, you never really know what he's going to like do in a in a scene, which okay. I'm not the first person to observe that. I, I read that in like a review and it like held true to <laughs> the experience, scene, to, the, to the experience where it's like, you never really know what you're going to get out of like <laughs> Tom Hardy. Um, and then when he gets infected by the, by Venom, um, there is like good kind of gross, but funny, like comedic sequences between the two, like his, internal venom monologue and him him having to like say things out loud right and then the other people around him like not hearing the venom okay. voice sure um oh i hate that trope <laughs> uh it's done well here okay. and it's funny and they like <clears throat> they engage with the fact that like tom hardy's character is like kind of a loser and venom like is like well, where I'm from, I'm also a loser, and they like they come together as like it's funny like in the in the film. Um, the plot here, <laughs> I'm not sure is necessary. There's there's cool like set pieces where he's like um, kind of like you know just beating up like security guards and like SWAT officers right. and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> Surprisingly, like, good politics for a film, too. Um, the main antagonist is, like, an Elon Musk-like figure. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he's shown to be just, like, a ravenous sociopath, where he's just, like, preying on poor people, um, explicitly homeless people, who he's, like, doing medical experiments on to try and figure out, like, how the symbi symbiotes work. Sure. And it's... Uh, hmm. it, it explicit reference to Elon Musk because he also runs like a rocket company <laughs> and uh, so it's, it's weird that it's engaging with that it also shows like the powerlessness of um, Tom Hardy's like a, a newspaper reporter and he there's a CNN like company that like hires him to like do stories okay. and they like kill <clears throat> stories on the guy that he's like trying to report on Got and it. they're like yeah we like that guy could buy us and put us out of business which is right. like Literally, what's happening with like the Washington Post and other it already happened with Gawker. And, yeah, 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 exactly. So 
surprisingly good politics. Um, there's a moment where it, they explicitly say Venom doesn't kill cops. Uh, <laughs> and Tom Hardy's no, Tom Hardy's like because Venom is like mm. gonna like kill a police officer, and he's like, oh, we don't kill police officers. And then it was like, wait, well, where did well, this come shit. from? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, that's when. Um, yeah, it's. It's a fine movie. I think it's funny. I like that it's not in the rest of the Marvel <clears throat> right. verse. Um, there's very good like fight action sequences. Um, the rest of the movie's garbage. Okay. Yeah. I guess that is precisely what I anticipated. But it's better than, I think, the reviews. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's something. Um, and then the post-credits <laughs> sequence is... They introduce Carnage. They're the guy who's like to become Carnage. And it's like... What? <laughs> it's Woody Harrelson. Right? It's Woody Harrelson, yeah. and he's in like, like a Ronald McDonald like red wig. I looked it up, and yeah, and it's absurd. like I heard about that. It's, it's absurd. Wild. Yeah, it's like they gotta fix that for the sequel. I have no idea. I mean, Harrelson's a great actor, he, right? But that, the, the wig—they have to Is fix the wig. But maybe it's like fake yeah. on purpose, or like he's wearing it as like a weird serial killer thing I to don't, wear. Who the hell maybe knows? it's carnage on his head. There it is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. But that was like what? <laughs> um, it's it's worth watching. It's an airplane movie <clears throat> for sure. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm not gonna go. The theaters. Well, for if you're, if you're stuck on an airplane, watch but it. But airplanes, I'm for yes. sure, it's already on airplanes. <laughs> I think it, no, I think it's still screening. Oh, it did very well in the bar. Yeah, so right. Venom's popular. Um, and I was there like three weeks in, and the theater was like pretty full. Yeah, I think. It's, I think I actually just read a message like right before we started recording this that it surpassed Justice League in like, <laughs> total box office take, which is kind of hilarious. That is very <laughs> hilarious. It's yeah. probably a yeah. better movie than Justice League. Well, be I haven't seen Justice League, so I can't. Comment, it wasn't very but, good. It's better than the trailer for Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what would you see? Well, really, I, I saw something very similar. Um, no, I didn't. I saw um, Boy Erased. Um, so this is, this is the other um, gay conversion therapy movie that came out this year. Uh, so the earlier one, which I mentioned, or that, that I discussed a couple months ago, was The Miseducation of Cameron Post. This one is Which the you one, liked a lot. Which I did, and yeah. I maintain that it is good. Uh, this is the more famous of the pair of them. Uh, stars Lucas Hedges, who's the kid from uh, Lady Bird and um, Manchester by the Sea, as the gay youth who ends up going to the conversion therapy. His dad is a preacher in some southern, I don't know, Baptist or Methodist or whatever, Christian um, church, played by Russell Crowe. Nicole Kidman uh, plays his mom. Uh, it's directed by Joel Egerton, who also plays the head therapy guy at this mm -hmm. at this camp. Um, it's not as good as Cameron Post. It's going to get more awards. Um, it's going to get uh, more attention. It already has. It's going to make more money. Uh, Cameron Post is is a better film. I went into this expecting kind of a, a weeper, right? Like it's it's certainly pitched that way, and these. It looks very dour in the trailer. Right, and it... it it's very heavy subject matter. It, yeah, yeah, and it... it yeah, with, with good cause. Yeah. Um, it, the, these characters feel really thinly drawn, right? Hmm. It, it, this movie is very lucky that they cast three excellent actors. Four, really, because Joel Egerton, although he's in a supporting role. Like, it, in this movie, because the script is 
is just not there. Like mm -hmm. they, they don't have enough for these people to do and you don't get a sense of who they are as people. He feels like the generic kid that goes to the therapy camp. Whereas in Cameron Post, you got the sense of this is Cameron Post going to this camp and like what that means for this individual person. What this movie should have been about is the relationship between the Lucas Hedges character and his parents. Mm -hmm. the, most the most compelling thing about the film is that the, the mom, the Nicole Kidman character, eventually changes her mind. Like she is just as evangelical as the dad is, but she goes with Lucas Hedges to the, the camp. She's the one that is staying in the hotel nearby, like where he stays at night. She examines the material and eventually really does have a change, a crisis of faith mm -hmm. and a, a, a turn there. Unfortunately, most of that occurs in the background of the film, and it, it's, it's the most compelling thing. Mm. So I feel like Cameron Post was not at all interested in the relationship with the parents and focused on the relationship between the, like the counselors and the students and the students with the other students and access like this origin story for homeless gay youth. I think this movie could have struck its own path and been a better film if they had recognized that the most compelling relationship is the one between Lucas Hedges and the mom rather than Lucas Hedges and like nobody, <laughs> which is what was actually going on here. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it's not a bad movie at all. Like I, I think it's good and it's worth seeing, but if you have the choice between the two of them, uh, go see Cameron Post first and I think you'll find a much more human, uh, much rich, much more rich story um, that, than what you have here. They reveal in the after credits, not after credits, but before <laughs> credits, um, that it's uh, based on a true story, which was I didn't know going in, um, and that the guy who wrote it is was very intimately involved with the production of this movie, and you get the sense that this was made by a guy who's holding something back, and mm. it felt like it might have gotten more personal than he wanted it to be, and he removed some of himself from the movie, and the, and the movie suffered for it. Um, so I'm not going to knock him for that, like it's a personal thing, but nonetheless, I think there's a more compelling example of this subject matter available right now. Um, and I think it's available streaming, so go watch Cameron Post, uh, boy, watch Boy Erased after. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, what, uh, what are we watching next week? Yeah, so we're back to our, our regularly scheduled programming. Um, so thanks for tuning in for Sci-Fi Week, but we're just going to Sci-Fi Month. Month, rather. Um, we're going to do whatever we want from here on out. Um, and I want to <laughs> do uh, Dog Day Afternoon. So we're in the thick of Oscar season. This is one of the big classic movies. Um, a very surprising turn from Al Pacino and just an all-time great from uh, American 70s cinema. So I think it's about time we watch it. Um, so thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, please excuse my voice. I am obviously not speaking very clearly, so I hope that I'm, I'm coming across well. Um, but if you're liking the show, please share it with people. Uh, please tune in next week, and we will see you for Dog Day Afternoon.